Everyone, welcome back to the Music Biz Weekly. I'm your co-host, Michael Brandvold, and today we're doing another special episode. This is the Music Biz Weekly Presents War Stories from the Music Front with my War Stories co-host, Lauren Weissman. How you doing, Lauren? Hey, Michael. How you doing today? Not too bad. So um, let's just jump right in. It was, uh, I don't know, it was a couple months ago. You were at the NAMM show. Yep. In, in, down in L.A. Um, I, I haven't gotten to it yet, and I am going to go um, next year. Just got to, it's funny, living out in California, you'd think I'd do it. It's only a 45-minute plane <laughs> ride. But, and I've got clients who actually are down there, so, duh, you know, I should go. Um, but you went. And um, I remember before you went, you kind of posted a little, I don't know if it was a Facebook post, or you wrote an article. Six sort tips, of, yep. so, Yeah, <laughs> tips for, for the NAM show. Let's do a little uh, War Stories post-NAM show here. And, and, and it doesn't have to be a bad war story. I mean, obviously, it could be a war story. You're down there and you saw something great come out of it. But um, talk about NAM. Talk about what, um, how, how, how musicians need to approach NAM. Yeah, you know, Michael, NAM. I mean, it's it's this amazing experience, and for everything you see, you're still not going to see all of it, even if you're there, you know, every day from sunup to sundown. Uh, with the with the musicians, though, there's there's an overwhelming element. There's an intimidation, and yet at the same time, there's an arrogance that, that they feel like they can walk up to. You know their favorite equipment booth or display and state. Here's the reason why you should give me stuff for free. And so you know, no, number one, you know, getting an endorsement at NAM is very unrealistic and at the same time very unprofessional. To go and begin to make contacts to get contact information about who you should discuss about endorsements, that's a better way to go. Oh, yeah, I, I was, was going to say most of these people <laughs> sit, sitting standing in their booths are really freaking busy. Yes. Now, I like I said, I haven't been to NAM and I haven't worked NAM, but I've been and worked at many conventions. You're there busy in that convention. You're not there to talk business with, you know, you're there to talk business with Jimmy Page <laughs> or Paul Stanley. Not, no disrespect people, not some unknown, unsigned indie artist that's going to walk up to you. As you said, it's a great way to get a contact and go, hey, I'd love to reach out to somebody at, at your company and talk about endorsement opportunities. Who should I talk to? Take take the card, say thank you, and be on your way. And move. No, it's, it's funny because you take, I, I went into the Remo booth, uh, the Remo drumhead booth. Incredibly busy. And when you take, whether it be going after an endorsement, a sponsorship, a connection, but you look at it from the other side of the coin and think, okay, Remo is looking for national, international distrib- uh, distribution. They're looking to sell their drum heads in even more places. They're looking for profit. They're spending a fortune on an amazing stand, on an amazing like booth. And so the last thing that they're really thinking of is wh- where can we give away free drum heads? Right. Now, having that in mind... Isn't that one of your other shows, Other Side of the Coin? Yeah, exactly. Three sides of the coin. <laughs> Three sides of the coin. Looking at that other side of the coin um, and, and thinking, okay, how can, I, how can I connect? And meeting one of those people and saying, who do I contact? Oh, and by the way, I know you guys are crazy with NAM. I'll put in an email in a couple weeks. 
you'd be surprised how much how far that can go with NAM. When people get back from NAM, a lot of these business people, they're taking a week off or they still have a week to break down. I mean, it's a couple days breakdown afterwards. I mean, NAM starts the Sunday before with people loading things into Anaheim. So giving that distance, but more so with the endorsement thing and the musicians, instead of thinking from the mindset of, I want, I need, give me, I'll play, approaching from what you're bringing to the table for your marketing, how you're going to promote that product, that, that, you know, that project, that product, that, that instrument, and thinking from the mindset of, if you were to receive an entire free drum set or a free set of cymbals or get advertising or get something custom made, for what that costs, how are you paying for that in your promotion and marketing of that item? That's going to get you a lot further toward getting into endorsements than just going there going, I love your stuff, I'm cool, I'm in a band, give me free. Well, you know, I think part of what we need to talk about here is just slap in the face reality check. <laughs> you're not going to get anything for free. You know, again, unless you're some major artist who's got some you know, major history behind you, um, you're not getting stuff for free. Here's an example. Um, a couple years ago, I was working with a band called the Silver Comet. They're out of Atlanta, and they got picked to go out and do um, the Vans Warp Tour. Kevin Lyman himself invited the band to come out and do the Warp Tour. They thought this was huge. I mean, these guys are basically a local Atlanta band. They've never done anything. This opportunity landed in their their plate. They took it. You know, they scraped all the money they could to get together to get out on the road. But um, at the same time, they were like, wow, let's go get some endorsements now. We're on the Warp Tour. The reality is, and this is what they discovered, um, you're in, you can get an endorsement. But the endorsement will probably be nothing more than you can buy the gear at wholesale cost. You still have to buy it. You're not going to get your bass guitar for free. You're not going to get your amps for free. You're going to be out on the tour. Sure, if you want to buy a guitar, we'll sell it to you at wholesale. But you still may have to spend a couple thousand dollars at wholesale. <laughs> so, you know... Keep that in mind when you when you are out there even following it. If you got the card at NAM and now you're following up a month later, don't sit there and think that I'm going to get free gear. You're just not going. If if put your put yourself in the, on the other side. If these guys gave away free gear to everybody who came and asked them, they wouldn't be in business. <laughs> They would not be in business. They give away free gear to people who can put their gear in front of 10,000 people a night and put it on an album that's going to move a couple hundred thousand copies and, and on websites that get millions of visits when people want to go see who they're endorsed by. If you don't have any of that, you're not going to get free gear. And it has it's nothing to do with your music. It's it's not about good or bad music. You just can't bring the marketing to the table. It's a two as you were you mentioned. It's a two sided marketing discussion here. What are you bringing to the table for the person who you want to be endorsed by? And when you deliver ideas, while you might you know if it's a D level or an E level type endorsement where you do get it for cost, take that and show why you should move up to getting twenty five percent off. 
50% off. My, my endorsements as a drummer, when I went through, I, I started off very low and then eventually with certain companies made it to a first level of I was going to get that. But this was even before social media. Of, I, I would write these letters prior to email. I will wear your T-shirt at this. I will make sure that this is listed on, on this album. I will have you know, this brand on my bass drum head. I'll make sure when there's an ability to put in a thank you in a situation where I'm allowed to add a thank you, these names, my rep, so on, so on and so forth will be there. Now, it, again, that's not your highest level, but by setting those things in play, by, by doing a video of, you know, you're the guitar player, explain what you like about a guitar. Your eloquence in describing cool things you can do with a given guitar is not going to bring you up to their, you know, tier one endorsement, but it could be a video that they could share and they could start to see that by standing behind the marketing that you do for a product, you might be worth that much more to them. You, you, like Michael says, you're not going to get it for free, but you can build your brand by promoting their brand and expanding for more opportunities and at the same time for more lower echelon endorsements for other members in your band. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's. I think a lot of bands just think it looks cool and impressive to have. It's almost like it, they think it gives them credibility that they're endorsed. <laughs> like it's going to sell more tickets or sell more albums. And and the fans don't care. <laughs> fans don't care. It. You know, I got. I gotta be honest. It's more of an. It's an ego thing amongst musicians that I've got this endorsement and you don't have this endorsement. It's the best company. You know the fans don't care. They they really don't. They're they're the fans are going for the music. The fans are going for the show. Um, you know if they become a diehard fan, sure they're going to start talking about the cool guitar you're playing. But listen, I've I've been a diehard music fan of Kiss since 1976, and I know that I on my my Kiss podcast we just talked to one of their manufacturers this last week, Boogie Street Guitars. I've never bought one of their guitars. I'm not a musician. I'm a fan. You know, I can I will talk about you you make a cool guitar for Paul Stanley, but you know, that's that's the that's the end of it. So um you know, just check your reality when when you're when you're dealing with endorsements, you know, be sure you know what you can offer. You know, as you mentioned, if you're given the chance to have a thank you on an album, you know, don't promise it if you don't know you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, don't 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 promise that you're going to play this instrument in the next music video if you can't actually be sure of that. Don't promise that you're going to put the logo on the website if you can't do that. You know, th those are those are things that it's not so much it's going to ruin your endorsement. I mean, it potentially could, but it's just professional. Another professional step there, if you really want to be involved with a company, if you really want to endorse a company or get an endorsement from a company, start for a series of months by just promoting like you are endorsed without trying to get one. Talk about why you like something. Yeah. You know, talk about this is this is not this is prior to pitching, and this isn't one of those situations where I'll go to this drum, I'll go to this symbol company, and if they don't say yes, I'll go here, I'll go here, I'll go here. Showcase yourself with no contact, no connection at first. That you use 
X product and why you use it and showcase how you use it, then when you go for that potential lower tier endorsement, you're miles ahead of thousands of other musicians that are just going in saying, give me this. You can at least add into there, I'd like to be involved in you know, an endorsement opportunity, and here's what I've done so far before we even you know, open the dialogue. Right. That's world's more professional. So besides how <laughs> to not ask for endorsements at NAM, what else came out of NAM? What else came out of NAM? Um, just the etiquette of communication. That was the that was the biggest thing that that I noticed from, you know, whether it's inside the music business, outside of the music business, making contact, making connections, knowing the right time when to talk to somebody. I saw a certain celebrity that I was really wowed out by, um, or at least he's more of a celebrity to me, a drummer named Omar Hakim. Um, just really big fan. I, when I was starting drums at thirteen, Omar was. Was your, it your drum? And and it was just like you know. And I I saw him. I know I know his wife a little bit through through online, um, and social media. But I've never met Omar face to face. Omar is running around the corner. He's having an argument with um, with somebody over what whatever a demonstration time, and you know he's cutting right through. I immediately see him, and as much as I've wanted to talk to this guy for you know twenty seven years. I just backed away. It wasn't the right time. I watched two other people come up to him right in the middle of the cacophony and the chaos. And it wasn't that he was mean. He was very disrespectful. But this really isn't a good time. Let me catch you later. I'll be at the Roland booth. And the two guys actually said out loud, I walked over to them. They're like, well, he was a jerk. I said, you just saw him in the middle of all these things. He's got a lot on his plate right now. I understand that you're a fan. I've been a fan for 27 years. But it wasn't the right time. And people that I've run across or seen at other times and said, hey, I saw you. Things were crazy. But I wanted to finally get a chance you know, to, to say hi, to talk to you, to do this. They find that just so much more respectful. I mean, Nam last year, I ran into Sugarfoot, uh, Jonathan Moffat. He was with his family. His daughter was crying. I walked by him. I turned Mr. Moffat, not interrupting, didn't even put out my hand. Love everything you've done. You're a great inspiration. All the best. I kept walking. He actually stopped me, but you know, came out, shook my hand, and said, "You're, you're about the most respectful person we I've met today." And I said, "Look, I don't want to keep you. I don't have a daughter, but I can't even imagine trying to bring a, a little kid through Nam right now." And it's the the basic communication experiences of recognizing the other side of the coin, what people are dealing with, how many people. Are coming up to them. If you run into your biggest, you know, whatever, the, 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 the person you're the biggest fan of, to look at the environment, and maybe you won't see them for another five years, 10 years, 27 years, but it's a lot more memorable to take a read on a situation before you take over the situation. Right, right, right. That was another observation. Of what, what, what about um, going to NAM with, you know, your press kit and your CDs and, and you know, uh, you know, a backpack full of T-shirts. Should you be walking through there, passing that stuff out and giving that out to people? I, I, I'll let you answer because then I'll, <laughs> I'll follow up with my answer if I was the person working at a show. Yeah, absolutely not. I, I went in, uh, NAMM this year, my, my sponsor was Wiley & Sons, the For Dummies books. And we were, meeting, we were meeting and passing business cards to people that were aligning music business for dummies with. 
And but I I was handed off a number of CDs. Stuff was left at the dummies booth for me. That you know, no solicitation on it. There are people that will get the opportunity and say, "Bring us a pack." And that's where like you know you've you've solicited the material. They want to get it at that point. But walking around and handing out those things, it's completely ridiculous. The one item that I do like though for promotion outside of a business card are those download cards. If you're if you're engaging someone and they want to they want to see more to have a download card, not just an album, but you can have a download of a press pack on that card that can go into a wallet or a money clip. That that is a good thing to carry around. Last year when I was promoting the artist guide, I brought 400 of those and disseminated them and and made a great conversion on contacts. But walking in there with a CD, handing off folders, handing off really large scale items, it's it, it's a waste, it's disrespectful and for these people setting up these massive booths, you've just given them one more thing they have to walk away and carry. Yeah. So so my 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 answer is if you've if you've approached Nam in the right professional way, maybe you've already pre-contacted a couple people and said I'm going to be at Nam, um, love to come by, chat. Is it okay if I bring you something? And if they say yeah, come on by the booth at this day, this time, and drop drop off your kit, fine, do that. You did that in advance. But otherwise, no. You know, basically all you should have in your in your jacket pocket are business cards because when i'm yes. working a when i'm working at a booth and people come by and have all the best intentions to give you something and they want your opinion and they like all of this but again you're there working you're focused on something else um i'm not going to really take the time to go who is this who does this belong to what's the story behind this thank you let me throw it behind the curtain and maybe, maybe I'll remember to grab it at the end of the day and take it back to the hotel. But nine times out of ten, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but that stuff just gets thrown away. Of course. People it are carrying enough left. stuff. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm carrying my backpack with my, my business stuff in it. I might have to carry boxes of the company's own promotional material back and forth. I'm not worried about some bands press kit and CD and T-shirt that I didn't request the material to begin with. And and again, it, it's nothing about how good or bad your music is. It's just not the appropriate place to do that. And, and I, I'm telling you, don't do it now for the simple reason of save the money. Because, you, you know, the, co- the cost of that press kit, the cost of that CD... Sure, it might only be a dollar, but that's a dollar. How many of them did you pass out? Maybe you passed out 30 of them. 30 of them you know, probably got thrown away. There's 30 <laughs> bucks that you could have saved, you know, business cards. Bring business cards, bring download cards, combine the two. Put on the backside of a special business card a link to bandcamp.com with the unique code to go download and listen to music if you're interested. You know, another thing that, that I, I liked, I saw it at NAMM a couple of years ago. I started implementing it last year, and I saw more people doing it this year. Certain items, whether they be products or musicians, with NAMM, you're shaking so many hands. 
And, you know, I was washing my hands. I was, I was using the hand sanitizers. Um, I was a little under the weather before I got there. I was trying to do that also in the case of other people. There was a guitar player that talked to me, and he handed me a little bottle of sanitizer. It had his name, his website, his tagline on the back. It was just I loved it, and as soon as I got back to the room, I uh, the hotel room, immediately entered in his information in the computer and stayed in touch with him. It's you know, I mean, for a larger scale thing, if you're if you want to make a connection with somebody that's a little bit bigger, where you can only make a couple small items, your Nam thing, get those. Dr. Scholl's foot pads and put your website on on one of those adjustable foot pads because we I put the 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 mileage thing on and we're finding out that we were walking you know seven to nine miles a day yeah just in the convention center yeah think about what somebody working at Nam show might need might enjoy the other thing is you know you're talking for eight to ten hours solid. Your mouth tastes like freaking manure by the end of the day. You know, you try water. How about coming up and just, you know, being nice and, hey, how about a, a, a little tin of mints? There Let you me go. tell you, I totally appreciate that type of stuff because it, it's like, oh, God, it's a refreshing, you know, blast to your mouth. You've been talking all day. You know, you want to, you don't want to have bad breath when you're meeting people. But it's just naturally going to happen when you are just talking like this over and over and over in environments that are overly dry, that you can't sit down, that you can't take drinks of water. That's the type of thing that, you know, I would sit here and go, that cool. Thanks. This really was important. Make sure your contact information's on that little, you know, that little sanitizer, the little tin of mints, the some, you know, the the Dr. Scholl's pads, whatever it might be. It's just like. Those are the things that when you've been standing and talking for eight hours just mean a lot. You know, what, what you just mentioned, though, the, the, the thing you said about contact information, that's the next point at NAM where it's, you get something that's really cool, but it only has a name. There isn't a website or I don't know what this product is. It's great. It's neat. But I'm, seeing, I'm you know, overwhelmed with seeing too many things. Put, make sure that on those promotional items, I mean, especially like stickers, no more band name on a sticker. The band name and the website or the tagline above the logo so that I know what I'm getting at. I, I saw some of the most amazing stuff across NAM, and I have no idea who it was, what like it belonged to, was. and yep. what was my responsibility. Oh, wait a minute. I'm going to take a picture with this phone and then go in and try to decipher the font that I can barely read. Give it to me so I can find you that much easier. This goes for products as much as it does for musicians. It goes, I mean, listen, it goes for business cards. You'll, you'll, you'll walk out of a NAM show with a stack of business cards that thick. And, and I try and write real quickly on the back. So here's a couple little That's tips. nice. <laughs> I try, me, when someone gives me a business card, if I have the opportunity, I try to really quickly write something on the back as band name or what it was about before I shove it in my pocket because I'm going to go back to the hotel room and the business cards are going to all get stacked together. I'm not even going to sort through your business cards that day. I'm going to sort through your business cards a week from now. And I've got a stack of business cards this thick. How do I know which one you are and that we talked about? That's why I try and write something on the back. And to that point, 
don't make a business card that you're going to hand out that is glossy on both sides. It looks beautiful, but it can be very difficult to write on a glossy business card. A regular ink pen like this doesn't work too well. A Sharpie, which probably is all over the place at NAMM, on, on something that's glossy, you know what happens to that. It just smears right off. Just a flat back paper business card. Something that's nice and easy for notes to be written on the back of will go a long way to help you because somebody's going to write notes about you on that card. Exactly. You know, the other thing in notes about them, for them to remember you as another tip is, you know, you just went to this keyboard booth and you talked to somebody. Now, remembering that that guy's talking to tens of thousands of people, if next door Stevie Wonder was playing, which I got to see this year, that was pretty cool. If Stevie Wonder was playing next door at the time and you were talking with somebody that you want to reach out to and both of you all of a sudden turned and realized, okay, we're going to stop talking right now. That's Stevie Wonder. To write that down on your own card or on the card of the person that you took so that when you reach out in two, three, four, five weeks later, I came and saw you at your booth at NAMM is one of the worst things you can type in a subject line. We were together watching right. Stevie Wonder, which, is a, which was a, 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 a subject line that I put to a guy because we were there. There was Stevie. We turned. It was like, wait a minute. And the email got responded to. I still have an envelope of probably 60 cards left that I'm still going through from January 28th, the, you know, the very end of NAMM. And I'm glad that I have this stuff of, I met this person, you know, Sinbad was there this year and he was really funny and making, you know, making jokes and whatnot and, and being able to add, you know, we were talking and we, and Sinbad was over there. Anything you can do to help someone remember who you are. And this even goes down to as the artist, not necessarily shock rock stuff, but were you the guy in the yellow shirt? Did you do something that was a little bit more memorable? Don't yeah, act like a, a yeah, fool. I was, just, I was just gonna say, you know, the <laughs> I was wearing the black t-shirt with the leather oh, yeah. jacket and the ball cap. Yeah, you and ten thousand other people. Did you have the ball cap that's got the forty-five RPM adapter on it that probably nobody else had? Did you have the feather coming out of your fedora? Did you, you know, think about that type of stuff? I, you know, I learned that a long time ago. Just as me working at a convention, I didn't want to just dress like everybody else. I wanted to be the memorable person at every convention. So I decided I was going to be known for hats. So I would buy fancy hats and I'd come with a different hat. And sure enough, before long, it was like, you're the hat guy, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Might not remember my name, but they remembered me. And, and, and again, if you're, if you're, if you're wild, I and mean, whether it be the hat guy though, with, with you at the convention, but for the artist, stop giving yourself four looks over four days. Think Michael Jackson, think Alicia Keys with that hat. If you can, wear the same, same thing, thing every single day. I saw a couple people, um, there, were, there were five in particular, and I remember, I mean, they had this real shock rock, wild look. This one woman had this spiky mohawk, but she changed it 
a series of different times. And I'm thinking, okay, it's complete shock and wild, but I would have rather seen her in that same latex top and that same color mohawk because for all the people that you are going to see and aren't going to see, embed your brand to be that much more memorable and you can have that much better of a reaction. Yeah, ex exactly, exactly. All right, well, these were, these were cool. These were some, um, some, some good war stories from your trip to NAM this year. <laughs> <laughs> um, listen, guys, if you have questions for us, by all means, hit us up on Twitter, hit us up on YouTube, hit us up on the posts that we share. We want to hear your questions. If you've got topic ideas, if you've got a story you want to share, let us know. And most importantly, head over to iTunes, search for Music Biz Weekly, and give us a review, give us a rating, because that's going to help drive us up in the iTunes Apple world, give us more exposure. And plus, we just like to hear what you say and what you think of the show. So I guess that's it until um, next week. Take care, everyone.